Hey guys, it's Don here. Just wanted to check in with you guys before this episode to let you know that today we do talk about suicide a lot. Uh, if you or anyone you know has suicidal tendencies or suicidal ideations, we ask you to please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. Again, that's 1-800-273-8255. Uh, enjoy the show. Two Towns Over is a podcast where we explore the fascinating world of urban legends, conspiracy theories, and campfire tales to find out if there are any truths behind the legends. With dark humor and natural curiosity, we tackle the darkened streets of the town we all know. Welcome to the town with no name. This is Two Towns Over. start hi everybody <laughs> are you guys cozy you're getting tucked in yeah you sitting by the fire yeah we're fire. about to we're about to tell you a little story or fire. don is i'm gonna make jokes usually yeah and then josh the first campfire stories with josh we got to give that up that's, yeah i have no a... idea what we're talking about today <laughs> told me nothing yeah well campfire stories is more just me telling you a story you guys just react that's kind of what campfire stories is okay great. although with ruben everything we do is we it's tell just a story telling and, ruben and ruben and reacts. watching him react yeah that's my gimmick <laughs> that's the gimmick of the whole show at this point honestly but kind of the it's our, kind of our original gimmick that we came up with when we were way back when we were talking with ethan about odd man out yeah yeah that was the original idea but what um what differenti- differentiates Campfire Stories from the regular episodes is with Campfire Stories, like I told Ruben, we're not trying to prove if they're right No or not. science yeah, allowed. We're just, yeah. yeah, we're Although just talking that does about the story. Oh, I'm going gonna, gonna to debunk everything. It yeah. sure yeah. won't. Yeah, Ruben, you can't. It's just like I tried in the Paul is Dead episode. I was like, just hold your tongue. I can't. Until mm. we get to where we start talking about whether or not it's true. It's Can you just listen? Absolutely. Need a cattle prod in Too here. outrageous. <laughs> And then, like we, I got like two sentences later, and he was like, "No, no, I can't, (laughs) no." But so, so yeah. So with campfire stories, we're just kind of telling a story. React however you feel. Great. If you feel the thing is ridiculous, that's fine. It's gonna be. But it's it's not. Whereas with the other ones, we do deep dives into kind of the story behind it or what you know was inspired because of the story, things like that. That's not what we're doing. Yeah. Or in the case of tomorrow's episode. Well, not tomorrow, because it'll be long after this. The Joe Metheny Sloppy Joe. Yeah. It was just kind of one of those serendipity things where it's like, holy shit, this is like 
yeah, the no, legend I, I came to life. I, I won't get into it now. Go, yeah, but but okay. So what we're going to talk about today is I found two stories about songs. Um, we're going to talk about the Hungarian suicide song. Okay. And then we're also going to talk about um, Hotel California and its supposed ties to the Church of Satan. Well, you can never leave. Exactly. Oh. Yeah, and we'll get to that. So, okay, so we're going to start with the Cursed Suicide song. So, in Vienna, a teenage girl drowned herself while clutching a piece of sheet music. In Budapest, a shopkeeper killed himself and left a note that quoted the lyrics from the same song. In London, a woman overdosed while listening to a record of the song over and over. The piece of music that connects all of these deaths is the notorious song Gloomy Sunday, uh, nicknamed the Hungarian suicide song, it has been linked to over 100 suicides. This is the one where if you listen to it, you're guaranteed to be so sad you kill yourself? Right. Exactly. I like this story. <laughs> uh, including the man who composed it. He killed himself as well. So in 1933, now we're going to do, I'm going to do my best. It's an anime plot. So but there's, buckle up. there's a bunch of Hungarian words. Oh, good luck. Jeez. <laughs> Better you than me. Here we go. Yeah, because I proved myself with the German words that I'm, I'm awesome with that. Yeah, I'm sure we're going to have like two Hungarian listeners out there that are like this fucking guy. This <laughs> fucking guy. I don't even know what a Hungarian accent sounds like. I don't like. either. It's I was going to do like, one. This and fucking I guy. <laughs> <laughs> what is he, Guido from the fucking, fucking Jersey know. Shore? I don't know what Hungary sounds like. Oh, you sound like Adam Sandler in one of those terrible movies where he played a Middle Eastern person. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Zohan. Do not mess with his Zohan. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking of. So in 1933, the hung- Hungarian-born Ceres, uh, who also was went by the name Rudy Spitzer. That's good for that's, us. Rudy, yeah, thank Rudy God. Yeah. <sighs> was a 34-year-old struggling songwriter. Now, some accounts have him living in Paris. Others have him living in Budapest. And the story goes that after his girlfriend left him, he was so depressed that he wrote the melody that became Gloomy Sunday. Well, he did sell his house in Budapest and all his hidden treasure chests, and she didn't want him. <laughs> how, how old was he? 34. When he wrote it? Oh, damn. I was, I was going to say, so that's just a typical emo teenager thing, but no, he was 34. He's way too old for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this was 1933, so, you know, that's, I was about to say that's like teenage, but no, that was more like almost dead. Yeah, he's, a, he's he's an old man in he's 1933, a, yeah. knocking on death's door at that point. Um, now, Saris's friend, uh, now, Saris only wrote the music. His friend, uh, another Hungarian uh, poet by the name of Laszlo Javor, uh, gave the uh, wrote the lyrics. Now, some reports claim that it was Javor's girlfriend who left him, inspiring the song as a, po- a poem first. Others say that Ceres wrote his own lyric about war and apocalypse. Then Javor later changed it to a heartbreak ballad. My my headcanon is that they both got dumped on the same day, and one of them <laughs> wrote some, like, a poem, and the other one, and he came to the uh, the first guy, and he was like, hey, man, listen, I know you're probably not, like, on the same level as me right now, but I just got dumped today, and I wrote this, some lyrics, maybe make some music for it. On a day when you're sad and the guy turns around and he's got tears in his eyes and a guitar or whatever. And he's like, <laughs> I've already got you covered. This is literally how the door started. Yo, for real. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly Jim Morrison and Ray Manzarek meeting on a beach in the late 60s. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> now, Send me some lyrics, man. I already got the music. 
I don't think that's what they were like. In the, I, don't, I don't know. What is it? Uh, have you have you seen the movie The Doors? Yeah, seen, that's that's exactly how it's yeah, depicted. Yeah, I'm, in the, I'm in saying the, I'm not sure that that's how Saris and his friend in Hungary. I think what is that's a, exactly what is a, how they, like. they talked like. Uh, I've got to see sad lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was just bad Italian. <laughs> it's a me. <laughs> it's a me. Sad guy. <laughs> so unpronounceable right. name to an American. Sad poet meets sad pianist equals hundreds of dead people. Exactly. So whatever the case, Zaramur Varsanap, as it was titled, beautiful, which was, which originally the song was actually titled "The End of the World." I super don't know what this music should sound like. Oh, we can play. I'll play it for you. What, once again, this just continues to sound like like two thousands emo teenagers. He, <laughs> yeah, he went through is this a, a breakup metal band? and wrote a poem called "The End of the World." Yeah, is this metal? after a breakup? Is this like? Is this like Trent Reznor level stuff? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was originally the original title was "End of the World." It got changed to "Sad Sunday." Mm-hmm. And then finally, it ended up on Gloomy Sunday. Now these these are all just like not not Fallout Boy song titles, but like <laughs> yeah, Fallout Boy would be more like the whole thing: sad, gloomy Sunday at the end of the world. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> but this won't make money. I, it isn't like Fallout Boy; they're the ones that had like the uh, the, the there's yeah, a lying reason is these... the most fun you can have yeah. with a girl without taking her clothes off or something. Yeah, yeah, or I think it was. Uh, Panic at the was it Panic at the Disco or yeah, was it uh, Fallout Disco. Boy that had there's a reason these tables are numbered, honey? They just haven't told you yet. I don't know. I feel like that might be Panic at the Disco. <laughs> I feel like I'm it might be. Sure. Yeah, I don't remember. So whatever the case, the song didn't make much of a splash at first, but two years later, a recorded version by Paul Kalmar was connected to a rash. See, he doesn't know what accent to use either, gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what that was. Pal Calamar. Pal Calamar. We're in Skyrim suddenly. I'm I was just, an adventurer. I'm like just you, picturing a Hungarian Canadian man with his arms crossed <laughs> with headphones on. That's probably closer. Shaking his head. I, I was an adventurer like you until I found this song. I was an adventurer like you until my girlfriend dumped me and I wrote a song about suicide. <laughs> so, um, so this version was connected to a rash of suicides in Hungary. The song was then allegedly banned. Now, short. I know we said no debunking, but certainly the story is truly that some man wrote a sad song. How many minutes was that? How Uh, many minutes was that before Uh, we started debunking? If we take out the 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 banter at the very beginning, we're at eight minutes and forty eight seconds. Oh hell yeah! (laughs) Hell yeah! I made a long time this time, guys. No, I just was gonna say, like, this sounds like one of those where it's like. Maybe it was just a really, really sad song that a bunch of depressed people at that era identified with and played it on a loop as they decided to kill themselves, which is maybe sadder than what we're about to hear. (laughs) (laughs) So um, short of learning Hungarian and trawling through Budapest newspapers from the 1930s, it's impossible to verify any of this. Hungary does historically have one of the higher suicide rates in the world. Damn, I wonder what's up in Hungary. Approximately 46 out of every 100,000 people take their own lives there every year. That's pretty high. Now, Sam Lewis, a Tim Pan Alley songwriter, and British theater lyricist Desmond Carter each wrote an English translation of the song. Now, it was Lewis's version recorded in 1936 by Hal Kemp and his orchestra that caught on. Now, Sam Lewis, who was best known for upbeat hits such as I'm Gonna Sit Right 
that that was misspelled. that was the whole thing. Yeah, I'm gonna sit right down and write myself a letter. That's Fallout. Boy. That's a Fallout. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> definitely Fallout Boy. Um, stayed close to the bitter despair of the original. Here is the second verse from his version. Gloomy is Sunday with shadows. I spend it all. My heart and I have decided to end it all. Soon there'll be candles and prayers that are sad. I know. Let them not weep. Let them not know that I'm glad to go. Death is no dream. For in death, I'm caressing you. With the last breath of my soul, I'll be blessing you. Give me an acoustic guitar. <laughs> You're my wonder wall. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> now, Lewis, Lewis did make one concession to commerciality by tacking on a third verse that beamed a ray of light into the tune's darkness. And it began, dreaming, I was only dreaming. I wake and I find you asleep in the deep of my heart, dear. Now, in 1941... Billy Holiday recorded the definitive version of Gloomy Sunday. Having the hard-living Lady Day associated with the song certainly upped the tragedy ante. Now, despite conflicting reports, the song was never officially banned in the United States, though it was in England. In the early England will ban any song. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Any song. Fully. Like, if you've ever heard of the shit that they banned in England, it's like every song you know. (laughs) <laughs> and for reasons that are baffling. <laughs> well, they banned like a couple Beatles songs. Yes. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Like for real though. Well, especially after what was what was his name that killed uh 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 after uh, after he said that he he heard oh, a message Manson. in the Beatles. Yeah, the Manson. What was mm-hmm. it? Was it? It Manson? was Manson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh. As yeah. I it's probably connected to that. I thought there I thought there was another one where I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, I was in the sun all day. Yeah, there's a there's just a lot of songs like pop songs and stuff that even to this day the BBC specifically will ban because it's a public broadcast like PBS, but right. like different because it's England. And so like some of the songs they ban, you're like, but but you played this other song, <laughs> and and it's baffling sometimes. Sometimes it is connected to something like Manson, or sometimes it's connected to like. Some politician who used it as their theme song said one bad thing, and they were like, "Fuck it, we can't play the song anymore." Ooh. Yeah, you fully, you fully just took my audio. There we go. <laughs> now, um, it's it's just weird because if you watch BBC or BBC television, mm-hmm. there's like nudity and stuff. Yeah, but that's the thing is they have different views on that than we do. They don't, and that's also there's rules there that are like it's like time slots are different. So, yeah. like, after a certain time, the regulations are somewhat lifted. So, like, you can say, fuck, you can cuss on TV, you can show. We have that in the States, too. So, it's a certain, you, you can't have anything that's, you know, TV MA mm-hmm. on uh, TV until a certain point at night. Or if you do, then it has to have, you know, all the swear words censored. Like, you, you, yeah. you can find South Park on Comedy Central in the middle of the day, but it's going to be censored. Yeah. If you go back at 2 a.m. and they're rerunning the same episodes, they're rerunning them uncensored. Mm-hmm. Like, fully uncensored? Because I know yeah. I was watching, I was on Hulu for a little while, I was watching it, and it was like, they were saying fuck, and, and it, yes. yeah. it, so that's even the version on, you would have seen late I night. I think there's still some limit to what you can actually, like, right. broadcast on TV, Right. But um, yeah. America, when, when you stream it, they can do whatever they want. That's why you watch like Love, Death, Robots. And I swear to God, they had something in the contract in Love, <laughs> Death, Robots about how there had to be dick and titties in every episode. 
dick and titties. Yeah, yep. in America, the opening we saw, act for Ghost Stroke. Yeah. Well, the thing is, too, is it's like I compare BBC and PBS, but like in America, the the PBS is like you know public broadcasting service. It's very different from the BBC um, British Broadcasting Company. Yeah. So like it's a company, but it's British television. So it's like public TV, but it's government. It's like it's free. There's no commercials because it's like a public service. So like unlike PBS, where they have to ask for donations and stuff, the BBC still asks for donations, but they are funded through like a tax that you pay. Right. So it's for specifically any kind of TV. It's just like it's really hard to explain in American. Um, it's weird. <laughs> if but you did it in a British accent, would that make it easier? No. It's hard. It's really hard to explain unless you just start watching it. There's like a ton of game shows. There's like, it's like if TBS was like, if it's like if TBS in America was publicly funded. Mm. So it's like, yes, it's entertainment and it's fun and it's usually well produced, but it's like, gotta be, it's gotta represent Britain correctly. You know what I mean? So they'll ban random shit, <laughs> but because nobody in other sta- in other countries cares about, you know nudity really at least not as much as we do um they are allowed to show like nudity and stuff that's really it yeah but so but they did ban the the song in the early 40s because they deemed the song too upsetting for the public during wartime because this was now Mm -hmm. world war ii uh then later said that only instrumental versions could be played on the radio very british now, some of the various accounts of its supposed morbid misdeeds include a shoemaker whose suicide note quoted the song, a girl in Vienna drowning while holding its sheet now, music. Now, that's truly the most emo thing. I was going to say, how many how many teenage suicide notes if they had quoted been, My Chemical Romance? I was going to say, if it had <laughs> I want been a fucking Facebook right post, now. if it had been a Facebook post from 2007, <laughs> yeah. I'm not okay. And I promise. Was, what was the, the one, the Blink-182 song, Adam's song? Oh, yeah. Well, that one was about a fan suicide. Right. Yeah. So, but, um, so yeah, there was the aforementioned uh, girl who drowned herself while clutching the sheet music. A man shot himself after telling loved ones the song wouldn't leave his head. And a woman in London who overdosed while listening to Gloomy Sunday. Sheet music was found in the apartment of a shopkeeper in Berlin who hanged herself. The list goes on. And those are only the apocryphal accounts that have managed to live on in the near century since the song came into being. Now, because of the epidemic of suicides in the aftermath of the song's release, and possibly because of it, Hungarian authorities supposedly discouraged broadcast of the song. A more extreme version of the song... We cannot broadcast the song. <laughs> it is too dangerous alienating for the our Hungarian audience. <laughs> Listen, Hungarian audience, if you, if you have a dialect coach, hit me up. <laughs> We would love to learn to speak your accent yes. properly. Yes, we'll, we'll, we'll just go through every single accent until we get to the right one. It won't be the correct one. Probably not. Uh, I'm not touching it. <laughs> yeah, we've already put ourselves out there with, with Joel <laughs> it's Slenderman. It's too late so. for me. It's too late for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's all been downhill since Joel Slenderman. Joel <laughs> Slenderman. Saul. It was Saul, Saul Slenderman. Slenderman. You can't even Saul? remember my name. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, a more ext- we'll have him on as a special guest yeah. at some point. A more extreme yeah, just version. Just call me anytime, guys. <laughs> a more extreme version of this song that was banned was uh, what? A more extreme version of the song was that it was banned, 
And an even more extreme one yet was that it was even banned in the U.S. and the U.K. where this makes no, what? I'm sorry. Don's over here with dubious resources. <laughs> Don's having a stroke. Um, a ghost, a ghost stroke. stroke. There we okay. go. Because of the epidemic of suicides <laughs> in the aftermath of the song's release, and possibly because of it, Hungarian authorities supposedly discouraged broadcast of the song. A more extreme version of the song was of the story. That's what it is. They just, I, yeah. Of oh, the story. The, the frontliner for Ghost Stroke's yeah. name is Keith Booman. Keith Booman? I thought we were doing Dick and Titties. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's the uh, that's the hidden bonus track yeah. on their first album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A more extreme version of the song was that it, a story was that it was banned, and an even more extreme one yet was that it was even banned in the U.S. and the U.K. where its popularity spread. None of this, at least according to Snopes, can be corroborated, but it's entirely understandable if broadcasters and the government were a little on edge because of what they were hearing. And to be fair, it is a mournful song. But not a single Hawthorne Heights song got banned in the U.S. I don't even know who Hawthorne Heights is. Emo band. Okay. Yeah. I should know Sad if you're boys. if you're if you're commenting on a band, it's probably emo. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> Do we need to find pictures of your old hair? Oh my god. Have you have you not actually seen I've them? seen pictures oh, okay. of yeah, I was gonna say, hair. man. Yeah. You used to wake <laughs> up at five AM every single day and straighten my hair. So I, I would have the flippy emo bangs. Yeah. It wasn't always Wait. this luxurious curly mane <laughs> that you see here today. There's no way. Oh yeah. Dude, I I was hardcore emo. I oh I had the gosh, skin so tight I. jeans and all I the, goth, the emo though. band t-shirts. I had like a pair of <laughs> yeah, Jinko jeans. I, I was goth before With the uh, chains on them and all, dog. Yeah, I I went I went immediately from big baggy goth to uh, uh skin tight emo. Mm-hmm. I was a fat kid. You can't coach skin tight emo. Yeah, when you're a fat kid. It's, hard. it's harder. Harder. So, um it's not at all surprising to hear that Death Rock Icons Christian Death later covered it. <laughs> Or, for that matter, doom metal band Paul Bearer, whose version is... That's actually, a good band name. Yeah. That's solid. For a doom metal band. That's good. <laughs> but it does take a certain frame of mind to hear this song and not feel a sense of dread. Is that connected to Paul is dead? No. But... Paul I Bearer. I knew that was coming. Yeah. I knew that was coming. It's a, I had to. Yeah. I had to. <laughs> and we're going to play that backwards now. So here we go. <laughs> But uh, terrible, compelling despair doesn't seem marijuana is what it says. <laughs> terrible, compelling despair doesn't seem at all exaggerated in describing the song, though that doesn't mean it's bad. It's quite pretty, and its earliest versions, particularly in the original Hungarian, are utterly haunting. Oh, I'm it, sure. I do love a good haunting melody. Well, we'll play it in a second. So during World War II, this is what became of Rezos Seres, the original writer. During World War II, he was put in a labor camp by the Nazis, which he survived. We talked about those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we did. After At that, length. he worked in the theater and the circus where he was a trapeze artist. That's rad. He later returned to songwriting, though he never had another hit as big as Gloomy Sunday. In fact, the story goes that when the song first became a success, Serez attempted to reconcile with the ex who inspired it. Shortly after, he heard that he had she had poisoned herself and there was a copy of the sheet music of the song nearby. In other versions of the story, she left a note with just two words, Gloomy Sunday. And whether that's true or not, Ceres himself did commit suicide in 1968, jumping from the window of a Budapest apartment building. Ceres once wrote of his conflicted emotions towards his morbid masterpiece. Every time you mention somebody jumping out of a window, I'm going to think about the lady who 
we'll say fell out of a oh window. Oh my god, at the Cecil. And, yeah. Yes, and killed that dude. Oh, that poor that dude. Shit, dude, I had a dream about that. The <laughs> other night, I was like dreaming that I witnessed a man get crushed to death by a falling uh, person. Anytime mm-hmm. I ever walk through a city, I'm going to be like looking Yo, it's like crazy. Now. I, it's one of those things where it, like it wiggled it's wiggled its way in there. Yeah. And now I can't It's deep seated now. No. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a, it's an irrational fear. Yeah. At this point, just yep. one of those random <laughs> things. Like, so this is what he said about his song. I stand in the midst of this deadly success as an accused man. This fatal frame hurts me. I fatal cried. Frame. Good yeah. mm-hmm. Good game. Solid. I cried all of the disappointments of my heart into this song, and it seems that others with feelings like mine have found their own hurt in it. Now Dude, I should have straightened my hair before I came here bro, today. I'm, I'm gonna saying, I'm gonna write an emo concept album about this song. Yeah, this make this be the one week I'm not dressed all in black with my hoodie on. Like, <laughs> like now what is the, the statute for uh public domain? Don't look at Fair me. Fair use. Yeah. Oh, it's like uh it's fine. We're within okay. it. I don't wanna explain it because it's like a lot of jargon, but it's free use. It should be anyway. Yeah, we're we, not profiting off of the song. We are commenting on it, and that's part of its commentary. Ladies and gentlemen, I just brought up the YouTube video, and it has a warning that I have never seen before in my oh, life. Oh, great. It says, the following content may contain suicide or self-harm topics. Viewer discretion is advised. Tags like that are useful. Worst case scenario, we just play the minimum amount so we don't get copyrighted. Well, if we do get copyrighted, we're not profiting off of this, so they can't do anything to us. Not yet. Not yet, <laughs> but we're not right now, so it's fine. That's how the law works, I think. Cut to six months from now when we're making money and, and so somebody knocks on my arrested, fucking door yeah. and hands me a slip of paper like, you've been served. Why? This is not the song. I just realized that. Hold on. I don't know. It would be like a really cinematic song to tie a noose to. That's for sure. I was just about to say, because of the music earlier, it sounds a lot like Bioshock 1. Oh, you're right. Yeah. This sounds like something you would hear like in The Shining. Yeah. Yes. It makes me picture like the old, uh, the really grainy, poppy footage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sing, you bastard. <laughs> One thing strikes me as I hear this beautiful, haunting melody. Yeah. And that is, I was closer with my accent than I thought. (laughs) (laughs) It almost sounds Japanese, what he's saying. It sounds like Russian and Italian mixed together. Yeah, yeah.
Now, it's it's important to note that in the 1930s... That's um, actually a really good song. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's gorgeous. That that's really incredibly pretty. well uh, composed. <laughs> um, I was expecting it to be terrible. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. I just was. Oh, you don't want to kill yourself to a bad song. That's it had fair. to be good. It had to be good. You're right. Yeah. Last thing you hear? Yeah. Got to be a true. banger. Wake yeah. up! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, nobody wants to die to "You Belong to Me" by Taylor Swift. To be fair, <laughs> okay, <laughs> God That's damn funny. it. To be fair, I do love uh, "System of a Down." They are one of my favorite bands. I, I only know the one song you were just singing. The... They have a lot more. Oh, you you surely bangers. know more you "System know more of a Down." Songs Is that the same? That, just... But the one you were just singing, the "Wake Up." That's mm-hmm. also the. That's I don't think down. you trust in myself, right? Your suicide. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's the only one I know by them, that as far as I know. Certainly yeah, you probably you know, know Toxicity. Know yeah, I don't I'm sure you know Toxicity. I'm he sure you know BYOB. Probably Forest. I don't really listen to the radio, y'all. Uh, I mean... I'm sorry. I'm old. Gonna, how do I, you, I don't listen to the radio. How, is, how, how does he not know about System of a Down? I know I, about them. I just never got around to listening to them. Like, I just now started listening to Slipknot. What? Yeah. I'm not Slipknot. a big Slipknot. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have strong opinions about Slipknot at all. I'm more <laughs> 80s, 90s punk. But something to keep in mind about 1930s is that was also around the time that America went into its Great Depression. Mm-hmm. With the Great Depression, we weren't buying as much. The first one, guys. Yeah. The first one. <laughs> the, the one everybody talks about. You know, the one nobody will shut up about if they live through it. But so we weren't buying as much grain. Hungary is... To be fair, when we live through this one, I'm never shutting up about it. Oh, yeah, me either. kids either. either. Like, like, you don't know how tough it was. And I'm not even talking about schools and both ways and hills and shit. I'm talking about <laughs> the economy was fucked. I actually did have to go both up and downhill over a mile to my bus stop in Colorado in the snow. So I can't <laughs> wait to flex that on my kids one day. Barefoot and all. But yep. Hungary was a very big wheat producer. So oh. when America stopped buying... You know, they couldn't afford to buy wheat. It threw Hungary into an economic depression as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's what happens when the whole world goes to war. Yeah. Right. So, and, and with the war looming, Hungary was a very depressing place. So, it was, was most of the yeah. that area of the world. As it, that all has like really uh, Hungary has really Gothic architecture too, doesn't it? I think, isn't that what? Is Prague its own country or is Prague a city? I can never remember. I think Prague's a city. But is it Prague a city in Hungary? Again, folks, we went to school Consult in the America. rectangle. <laughs> the rectangle says it Prague is a city. It's the I capital it. of the Czech Republic. Oh, Czech. Yeah. Ah, okay. But so it's more likely that the 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 situation in which these people lived more had more to do with the suicide rate than gloomy Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Imagine uh, the Great Depression, but in a country much, much older than America. Yeah. Like, real, really bad. Yeah. Okay, it, um, it is all really gothic architecture, yeah. by the way. So yeah. imagine the entire world being, like, it's... destitute and in the, in the middle of this huge depression that affects the entire world, and then you're walking around and all the buildings also look sad. That's, yeah. So, yeah, so that that's pretty much the story of the Hungarian suicide song. It's It's purported to have suicide causing issues obviously if i had to have a freaking warning that i've never seen before on youtube although oddly enough it was only my computer when i brought it up on my phone it didn't have it hmm. 
I mean, how much of that, though, is really so, just because of the legend around it now? Yeah. Transylvania be, is in Hungary. So, like, this is the period of time. They're also worried about Dracula the yeah, whole where, time. Like, vampire and... stories and shit come from. Right. Like, like Fucking A. Yeah. Poor, I gotta worry about vampires all the time. Werewolves and... So, yeah. Not even the Twilight ones, like real scary ones. That is the <laughs> image you should have in your head. Is like literally, it's close to real life Wallachia. So that Wallachia. What is Wallachia? Wallachia is, is where the um, Castlevania, Castlevania anime is set. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why, I do, why I would I know Wallachia. that? Wallachia. Wallachia. I think. I think they pronounce the ch. In the in the <laughs> hey, in the anime, they say Wallachia. They are Dude. American voice actors. So. I actually I watched it in Nobody both English likes and an, Japanese. Listen to you. Listen to you. I watch my <laughs> anime in Japanese. Thank you very much. I actually usually only watch anime in Japanese. Uh, the only reason I watched Castlevania in English is because the Japanese version wasn't out yet. Okay, both of you. Just... And when I rewatch it, guess what I'm going to be watching it in, Don? Japanese? Goddamn right. They're both well, phenomenal. Here, they are. I'm going to say this. actually really good. I'm going to say this to both of you. Ho! <laughs> Which means literally suck my tiny white dick. That's just... racist. <laughs> that was racist twice. <laughs> uh, Meanwhile, yeah. I'm over here talking like this. Yeah. <laughs> like the fucking Zohan. Jesus Christ. I can't stop thinking about shitty Adam Sandler movies now. Uh, Jack and Jill. Oh, don't even talk. <laughs> I'm just upset. See, I was around. Put on the song. When, um, when Adam Sandler was actually making good movies. You mean like Waterboy, the no. only Adam I mean, Sandler movie I mean, that I care for? I mean Happy Gilmore and yeah, Happy uh, Gilmore's all right. I've seen uh, all of Billy Madison. I've seen all of those eh. movies, and I gotta say, I have never in my life, even when I was a teenage boy, never in my life have I been a big fan of Adam Sandler. Okay, but Waterboy though? Waterboy was funny when I was twelve. That's fair <laughs> enough. Okay, I haven't watched Waterboy as an adult, it's, but I. Yeah, I L- still Little Nicky? I still quote I do not like Little yeah, Nicky. I didn't care. For uh, I hated either. that fucking uh, movie. I guess I only liked it cuz I was an edgy teenager and I was like, yeah, hell, and the you devil. Had your hair like and his. I like Mine that. looked much better. <laughs> I like that concept, but I don't I don't like Adam Sandler because um even before this woke era where we have words to describe the feelings I'm about to describe, back in my childhood I always had this weird like I don't like it when I feel like someone is making fun of real people. Yeah, as I've in always punching been the same down way. Exactly, we it's, call it's that punching now. down. Yeah, yeah. So I I appreciate humor like uh like Jackass. I don't personally like the shit that they do on Jackass because I'm not that rowdy. But like if you look, go back and watch Jackass again. Because they never make fun of anyone but the core group that's with right. them. They make fun of each other, which is a mutual agreement because they're yes. all they're all close friends. But never do they do a joke where it's like, "Ha ha!" The butt of this joke is black people. Right. They never do the butt of the joke being like random people in the street. It's always like if they're joking random people in the street, it's always isn't it weird that some random dude just came in and hit this other random guy that he seems to know in the right. face? Like it's more just for getting a, a random person for the reaction. The yeah. only people that they ever bully or mess with are each other. It's like the prank but it's like uh Chris Angel but pranks. <laughs> Chris Angel. As yeah. in as is in they go that out what you're going with? they go out, they set up a very theatrical setup specifically to draw a crowd who can look at them while they do something incre- like incredibly insane looking, and then they film that, and that's the movie. 
Yeah, that's you, what you, Chris Angel's seen, Everybody's does. seen that Chris Angel mind freak episode where he gets on stage and then someone else just runs up and punches him in the balls as hard as they can. No, but I mean, you have seen the Chris Angel performances where he gathers a small crowd of people and then a larger crowd of people, and he's like, hey, I'm going to lay on this grass, uh, glass and let this steamroller roll over me, is a real episode of Chris Angel. Yeah. That's a jackass thing. <laughs> like, that's straight up uh, yeah, the that's, same that's shit. That's pretty much jackass, you're right. <laughs> So let's get out of suicide and let's touch this. Also, Chris Angel is a dick. So yeah, that's what I've heard. I mean, he he's like friends with Godsmack. So oh I'm, my god, yeah. Ew. I only really like one Godsmack song. Nobody likes Godsmack. And that was literally the first one. Whatever. It's there like is God, only Godsmack one Godsmack and Five song. Finger Death. Punch. Oh no, I'm sorry. I like Voodoo also. The song Voodoo, Voodoo is actually a pretty good song. Yeah, uh, they they can it, blind squirrels find a nut every now and then. <laughs> they're they're still a bad band. That's fair. So, yeah, let's get out of suicide and, and bad music, and let's talk about good music and Satan. Fun. Satan. Because we all know that apparently those go hand in hand. You can't have a good song unless Yeah, Satan no. If, if you make a kick-ass song, then definitely Satan is behind it. Mm-hmm. I was just going to bring up uh, Pagliacci. Nicola Pagliacci. He was a violinist who had really long fingers, and he played some outrageous music oh, in his time. I bet if he had like abnormally long fingers, and I bet he was able to. He pull was literally some crazy called the shit. devil's violinist because people thought that he made a deal with the devil. And so theatrically, in his shows, he would have this like a shadow curtain. This is where these come from, like a shadow curtain where this dude dressed up in like severe. You know, classic devil attire, like think Dracula, high collar, mm-hmm. pointy hat type shit. Um, so that like during his performance to kind of hype himself up. Was he the one that that won the golden fiddle in the contest with the devil? No, that was Johnny. Johnny, mm-hmm. that's right. <laughs> okay, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's a movie about it. It's there's this guy about the, the golden fiddle battle. Yes, um, I think it's called. Um, What's the fucking goddamn Peter and the Wolf? I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, real- no, no, no. Pagliacci. There's a there's a joke. Oh. There's not a joke. That's Paganini. Paganini. That's his name. Pagliacci is the clown joke. Paganini is who I'm thinking of. I don't know who Pagliacci is. So Pag- I've hey, never heard of either of them. This man, he goes to the doctor. He says, oh. Doctor, I'm really sad. Yeah, what I, should I, I do? Yeah. I heard it was a different name. But yeah. yeah. Doctor says, Go see Pagliacci, the great clown. He'll cheer you he'll cheer you up. And the guy says, But doctor, I am Pagliacci. Yeah. Yeah. I never took that as a joke though. I took that as a That's just a sad fact. Yeah, like a Robin Williams kind of yeah. story. But anyway, there's a movie called The Devil's Violinist. Go look it up. There's this famous real life violinist who plays all the music and it is phenomenal. Hmm. That's all I wanted to say. Well, okay. We're not talking about violins, though. We're talking yeah, about... Yeah, but we're talking... He had that same sort of persona, like devil's music comes yeah. out of this man. So, real quick, we're going to discuss who the Eagles were. We don't do anything real quick, Doc. <laughs> I know, but... Um... Hey, ladies. Don't do that, Don. You ruined ladies. my joke. You ruined my joke, and he he ruined it, John. Yeah, I, I heard. <laughs> I was there. So the Eagles, everybody knows who the Eagles are. Do we really Later, have to explain who the I, Eagles I don't, are? I don't know if this was common, but my dad has always referred to them as the Egos. The Egos? No. Well, yeah. That's <laughs> amazing. Yeah, that's pretty, yeah. We like it. That's right on the nose. There. We yeah. do stand. So very popular band in the 70s, still going on today, even though there's only like one original member left. They tend to do that nowadays. I don't know if that's is sad it, or is not. Is it even still... Uh, 
okay, I'm not going to get into it, but I don't think you're still the same band if you literally only have one of the same members. Like you, There you, are you some bands out there that have no original yeah. members. That's anymore. not the same band it anymore. It isn't. I know. It's not. It I want to say It's like Despaccio 2 or whatever. Well, like, it's, it's like Sublime with Rome. Like they they changed yeah, their name to different... Sublime with Rome, yeah. Rather than just now, being Sublime anymore when they lost Bradley. To be fair, they're the Eagles for, with for four that other kind guys. Of thing, <laughs> I would say if you're switching one member, like uh, what Peter Gabriel and uh, Genesis, Genesis, yeah. And uh, what's the other guy? Oh God, Phil Collins. Phil Collins. So mm-hmm. like when they switched, yes, they were in the same band, but like when you switch a front man, like Aerosmith was still Aerosmith, you know. Mm-hmm. ACDC was still ACDC when you switch your singer. But like, if half the band changes, yeah. If you got four mm-hmm. members and two members change, that's a different band. Sorry, so, it's all for marketing. Like my sister yeah. was gonna go see Earth, Wind, and Fire until she got sick, and I was like, "You ain't gonna go see Earth, Wind, and Fire. You're gonna go see Earth and Wind." Like, <laughs> <laughs> and like a little candle flame over here, these young bucks trying to sing. Like, <laughs> so if like Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr got together, they couldn't call themselves the Beatles. <sighs> No. No. No, they couldn't. They Mm-mm. could say we're having a reunion of the remaining Beatles, but they could yeah. not be like we are still the Beatles. I like I'm I'm not a big fan of John Lennon as a person, but you I don't like most old white men. So. Yeah, well fair enough. Um you're not the Beatles if John Lennon isn't on the stage. No. I'm not a fan of him as a person either, but I'm a fan of his music. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, li- I like Poetically, the music. Yeah. he's a great poet. I did so much acid to the Beatles in high school. <laughs> that feels like something I missed out on. What, acid or high school? Uh, acid. High school, too, but for different reasons. Yeah. Do you really, given your your mentals, do you really think acid would be good? What if you I had mean, a most of trip? my most of my problems come from trauma, not genetic no, I, no, schizophrenia or no, I understand. Like but what I'm saying is, what if somehow you get in that that bad way and well, uh, you, you sometimes people have bad trips, Don. It I can't. Know. It hey, it can't be worse. I only than flashbacks. had one, but uh, I I had a bad trip on mushrooms the first time I ever did mushrooms, and I cannot do psychedelics anymore. Mm. Yep, I I can't do them. I I had such a bad trip on mushrooms that uh, I went to my bedroom and I like needed to lay down and try to calm down. And so I went into my bedroom and I turned on my TV and I put on The Office because that's like my comfort thing. I've seen The Office 12 Mm -hmm. times all the way through. So I know every word, put it on in the background and I laid face down on my bed, just like my face in my pillow for like two full episodes. I just listened to two episodes of The Office and then I noticed that Netflix stopped playing The Office after two episodes, and it should have been three. So I like got up, and I turned around, and I looked, and I realized I never turned the fucking TV on. Amazing. <laughs> you know what? My brain just recalled two episodes of The Office as a defense mechanism. That sound, hey, ladies and gentlemen, um, the resiliency of the human mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, let's, get back on, let's get back on track here. No. So. I'm sorry. <laughs> Get me talking about psychedelics in high school and so, <laughs> I have stories. Yeah. I would do mushrooms except for the fact that you need like a full day for them. <laughs> That's the thing. I, I'm still who as an adult has the time That's for what psychedelics. I'm I don't have no goddamn time for that. <laughs> like, I'm still 
I'm still down to try ayahuasca or DMT. Oof. DMT is like you gotta like fucking wild and shit. I've that. never had it, but I've heard people. If you do ayahuasca, talk but about if you do DMT, it, no, you don't. One of my friends has done DMT, and she talks about it. Yeah, and it's like it sounds like one of the crazier things you can do. Yeah, you start <laughs> seeing like godheads and stuff. Yeah, yeah. She it's said her she name, saw Joe angels. Rogan. <laughs> you ever like, done DMT? <laughs> angels. She was like, yeah. I saw angels. I was like, huh? Oh, yeah, dude. You'll see gnomes that'll tell you the secrets to the universe and stuff. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely wild. Good documentaries about it. We'll have to do that as an episode one day. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just, just drop DMT for the episode. Yeah. Just start recording whatever we say. <laughs> I don't know. That, that might get us booted it's, off Spotify. <laughs> it's going to be literally 45 minutes of just silent. <gasps> oh. And giggling. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> All right, so so you know a normal episode. Yeah, the, bi- <laughs> the biggest hit of the Eagles' career was, without a doubt, the album Hotel California, and the title song uh, to that album is, of course, Hotel California. I you know, couldn't the song name you another Eagles song if I tried. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't either. The song that's been playing in your head since he said the word Eagles. <laughs> yes, that exactly, one. <laughs> exactly. Now the. Official story behind what Hotel California, the song, is about from Don Henley, the one of the songwriters themselves, said that it's a song about the journey from innocence to experience. It's about the jaded and hedonistic lifestyle that characterizes Southern California. And indeed, when you listen to the song, there are lyrics that sound like the epitome of the type of lifestyle, that type of lifestyle, such as mirrors on the ceiling, pink champagne, Mercedes Benz. Hotel California has inspired endless debates on what the lyrics really mean as they're very enigmatic and cryptic. And in fact, Glenn Fry, the other songwriter, stated that they wanted to write a song that had a plot line that wasn't 100% this is what happened. Mm -hmm. And they did, and people came up with their own. This is just a tribute. (laughs) So I like how people get to this theory for Hotel California and nobody ever talks about how the lyrics to semi-charmed kind of life are uh, about crystal meth. Yeah. And getting your dick sucked by prostitutes and... Hey, guys. um, They used it in kids' movies. (laughs) This might not be a hot take anymore, but um, (laughs) Ace of Base was probably a Nazi band. Okay. Where where did that come from? Yeah. Well, there's a there's if you look there's a, two specific songs. First of all, uh, Hitler used to call his top military base the base of aces. That's one thing. Oh, good lord, of course he did. Um, <laughs> then there's their lyrics in there's a song about a welfare queen apparently, but it's specifically the video has like Jewish image imagery mm. surrounding this woman that they're ridiculing in this song. All she wants is another baby so she doesn't have to work is the whole point of that song. Um, then there's another song that uh, fuck if I can remember. Hold on, I can't remember. Go look it up. It's on the internet. It, there's like a very strong theory that's like, yeah, no, they were. It was a bunch of white blonde people ridiculing Jewish welfare queens <laughs> and like calling themselves damn near the name of a base of Nazi, the base for Nazis. You know, like a nuclear sub base or whatever. Nuclear, maybe not nuclear. By that point, but nu- like nu- nu- nuclear, 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 nuclear. I don't know when the base was for real, but like you know, there's a theory. I'm not. I don't remember things well enough. Now to was go their base it all. spelled B A S E or was it B A S S? 
That's definitely B-A-S-S, isn't it? Ace of Base? Ace of Base? Was Ace of... Nope. B-A-S-E. Really? Okay, yeah. I was was kind of giving this the side eye the whole time, (laughs) but I don't know. If it's spelled B-A-S-E, that's a little... uh... All that she wants is the one I'm talking about. And the sign. I saw the sign is also one you should look up because there's a whole thing about... And it opened up my eyes. Mm Mm-hmm. That I thought that that was about like because it says I'm happy now living without you I've let you go, oh oh. <laughs> I haven't heard that song in years. Okay, so <clears throat> because of the vagueness of the lyrics, um, there are other interpretations that are more penetrative and titillating and even darker. Good, good, good vocabulary there. Thank you. I'm really going for it. Now, one of the most interesting ones is that the whole song is a metaphor for a drug trip. And their proof behind this is that the Hotel California initials THC. Oh my God! Okay, yeah. we're <laughs> reaching. Yeah, it's the same thing as Lucy <laughs> in the Sky with Diamonds was about LSD. Although I'd be more inclined to believe that it I, was with the Beatles being who the Beatles yeah. were. Yeah, I'm much the more time inclined when to they believe wrote that. that song. Also, oh yeah, it was yeah. Sergeant Pepper time period. You know, yeah. and picture yourself. With plasticine trees and marmalade skies, or tangerine trees and yeah. marmalade skies, and plasticine porters with looking glass ties. Yeah, okay, I understand that he got the idea of the song from, you know, a picture that his son drew. And then he, he dropped acid. And then wrote, and the song. Then wrote that song. <laughs> like, dude, this picture is a song. Yeah. If he was, if he was uh, today's youth, he'd say, this picture fucking rips, dude. <laughs> is that it? Is that a mine? Mike out of touch? Yes. Yes. Fuck. So um we all are. Yeah. So just the the teens of today, you know how we used eighties and seventies slang? They're using nineties and two thousand slang. Now. Oh yeah, that's it always comes full circle. Um, yeah, it's it just happens. So um one more cycle and we won't have any frame of reference for this oh for the slide. Yeah. I know. So Shit. If, if you listen to the beginning of the song on dark desert highway, cool wind in my hair. Warm smell of Kalitas rising, rising up, up through the, the air. Now, careful, because I know that the Eagles will sue us. <laughs> up ahead in the distance, <laughs> I saw a shimmering light. <laughs> Damn you. So, Kalitas in America could be a code word for grass. Marijuana. Grass. Uh, yeah, could no. it? Uh, Colit- I thought Kalitas was a drink. No. That's Kool-Aid. Um... No, I don't know if that's true. Then a woman appears out of nowhere. There she stood in the doorway. I heard the mission bell. I was thinking to myself, this could be heaven or this could be hell. So this could be a whole initiation into drugs. Mm. Ooh. What? It is. It means little tails, and it refers to the tips of the leaves. Yeah. Hmm. So oh, okay. another one that I didn't get much information about is that Hotel California was actually the nickname of a mental institution in California. Um, so it could be about being committed into a mental asylum. Asylum. And now that I feel like makes more sense than the drug trip, than the Satan thing or the. Drug I haven't trip. gotten to the Satan part yet. I always oh, thought it was about addiction itself. Like it, you, you, you can't. You know, it's hard to leave addiction. You can check out whenever you like by taking these this drug, but you can't leave when you do. Right. So that was just what I always thought. Now, it all comes down to what is called intention versus perception. What a writer intends and really means and what the reader see or listener sees. Mm-hmm. Um, takes 
but they take from it and or twist to fit their own agenda. But almost as if the devil himself was tempting us to do so, let's tease out those satanic Hotel California references, real or imagined, for fun. That's the thing that uh, the intention versus perception, that's a thing that Bo Burnham has talked about a lot with his work, yeah. where people ask him, like, hey, what did you mean by these lyrics? And he's like, ah, it's not important. What's important is the way you interpret the lyrics, what right. they mean to you. So I am of two minds on that because I kind of agree for the most part that it is up to us, like the person consuming the art, whether that be a novel or a movie or music or whatever, it is up to you, a painting even, to interpret what does this mean to me? Do I like this thing? And that's really the only thing that's important when it comes to art. But uh, on the other hand, um, when This Is America dropped and Childish Gambino mm -hmm. refused to explain mm -hmm. anything about that video... Um, that frustrated the hell out of me because he had an opportunity to take this. Clearly, he meant he had a message for this thing, yeah. but he would not spell that message out in a time when people needed him to. I right. think, didn't he even say, I shouldn't have to or something yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, he was very which, coy about it. I mean, and I understand right. that too because right. he shouldn't have he to. He shouldn't have to. A lot of, a lot of it was pretty blatant. Yes. Like, mm -hmm. But there was so much there and he was relying on like, you know, kids and white people to get all of that without having to Google things. It's like, <laughs> no, you have to at least give them a hint yeah, to tell them like, oh, yeah, that is correct when they figure it out so that they can figure it out what you were trying to say to them, you know? Yeah. What a good fucking song, too. So good. <laughs> Such a good song. You know, the first people that heard it, I, I saw this on like some interview. The first people he ever played it to was the cast of Han Solo. And the first place it was really? listened to was in... The cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. That was That's the first place. That's fucking cool. <laughs> what? Yeah. Can you imagine that being you? Like, you're on set for the new Fuck Star you Wars and movie. And your souped up ride with this boosted bass. My man got a goddamn song in the fucking Millennium <laughs> Falcon. Childish Gambino rolls in in like the middle of filming. He's like, hey, move over. Hold on. I got to plug this into your ox. <laughs> Then the dopest beat of that year comes on. <laughs> Imagine trying to find the ox board in the Millennium Falcon's cockpit. <laughs> you accidentally hit hyperspace. Chewy, oh, punch it. <laughs> so the, the, the satanic connection uh, to Hotel California is directly tied into Anton LaVey, who was the founder yeah. of the satanic church. Mm -hmm. The satanic church was built in 19, or created in 1969, and the original nice. headquarters of the satanic church was a hotel. So that's it, the original headquarters of ninety percent of anything that yeah. starts is a hotel room. And apparently, I, or I a garage. I apparently, if it's Silicon Valley, I couldn't corroborate this, but the Church of Satan's, where they're listed as a business or whatever, mm -hmm. they actually have their name of their business as the Hotel California. Now, it being the Church of Satan or the satanic church, more than likely they were just trolling yeah. and just quite honestly. Yeah. I was going to yeah, just mention that's... real quick. That guy definitely started a church as a joke. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> well, I, no, well, the... as a pointed parody. Yeah. I should say. And we gonna... Satanism is pretty interesting. Yeah. And we're going to get to that. When we oh, start talking sure. about satanic. Yeah. Panic. We're going to do a whole yeah, episode. Modern Satanism could never but... be as weird. So now it was rumored that Anton LaVey, this is where we start getting into the, you know, put your tinfoil on. It was rumored that Anton LaVey placed a curse that resulted in the car crash that was that killed actress Jane Mansfield. Hotel California begins with a car driving. 
were Don Henley and were Don Henley and Glenn Fry thinking of the Mansfield crash? Mansfield crash, perhaps. LeVay's alleged appearance on the cover seems to point in that direction. Now, what that's talking about in the original album, if you open up, because it was a gatefold, if you open up the album, there is a picture of the band in a courtyard with surrounded by a bunch of people. At the very top of the picture, there is a balcony, and you can see somebody standing in the balcony. Mm. That person. I think that's Romeo. Well, no, that person appears, if you look, it's very blurry. Could be Anton LaVey himself. Could be Juliet. Now, the band says that that was actually just a, a, a model who ended up in the wrong place. And just and if you look closely at the picture, it does look like a black woman with, you know, your typical 70s Afro. And But because it's a darkened picture, you, you can only see her face. So it kind of looks, she has a high forehead, looks like she could be bald. How dare you? So I'm just saying. <laughs> so... <laughs> It does kind of look like it could be Anton LaVey, however. Yeah, uh, well, people like to tout that there's no such thing as coincidence, and I'm here to tell you that there fucking is. There's, yeah. there's such a thing as coincidence, yeah. and, and most things are actually just yeah. coincidental. And Hi, her- guys. Um, coincidence is just what you call fate, but it's coincidence is pre-fate. Fate is post-coincidence. That's all. <laughs> so, I mean, Hotel California, I think, came out in 75, I think. 74 or 75. I- you look at me for these numbers I know. a lot. I, I Everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Somebody made a decision. Yeah. That's the reason. Yeah. So you got to think back in those days, photography was not what it is today. We don't have high resolution, 10,000 pixel right. cameras. And Why not? Were there wh- scientists just stupid? Did they not know how to use camera technology? I don't know what this... Do we need to like go over the entire history of photography? Were they all Ph- just really photographic dumb? technology? I don't know, don't Alex know Jones. About, why don't you tell me? Don't they know about 3D printers? <laughs> I don't understand. I was Anyways. at the flea market earlier. They had a 3D printed butterfly knife. It was pretty cool. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. So let's go back to the first line of Hotel <laughs> People Calif- are going to be like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? <laughs> let's go back to the first line of Hotel California. On a dark desert highway. Now, I am not saying this is true, so don't come at me. The devil is also known as the Prince of Darkness. Cool wind in my hair. And he tempted Jesus in the Judean desert when he was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. So was this phrase on a dark desert highway referencing... A boy has appeared. A wild boy appears. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I want to point out, Ruben, I think you only get like one more quote from that song before they sue us the second this uploads. Yeah. They can Actually, try. they can hear us right now. Don Henley is sitting... Hey, Don Henley. He's in the walls. (laughs) Don Henley, fucking come at me, bro. Come get my busted-ass Toyota like I give a fuck. Bring you you and your boys a summer. So, anyway, As a matter of fact, please try to sue us just for the publicity. That would be such a boost to our signal. That would really help. We can settle out of court, but like... Because you're not going to get no money from us. We do not have any to give you. Like, what's the worst-case scenario? We have to rename the podcast? Oh, no. Three towns over. There we go. We're <laughs> a town what, and a half over. Henley's two towns over. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Henleyville. We'll oh, name the fucking God. town then. So anyway, he's gonna sue us for sure. Now. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're so fucked. So we're like that. It's been that, fun, guys. We're like that. Uh, that Donkey Kong dude. That sues oh everybody. Billy God. Mitchell. Ta- fuck Billy Mitchell. Fuck All right, Billy. I'm not hey, gonna Billy get Mitchell. Into it. You're gonna... a liar. You're a cheater. And sue me if you think you can. You pansy. We can, we can save that because we absolutely have... Um, Billy Mitchell will sue us. Uh, like, no. for real. 
for he, real, for real. We'll fucking win. Fucking. There's, he can't. Um, Ugh, he's a we're, fraud. We're going to have an opportunity in a later episode to talk about that particular piece of shit, but... Um, yeah. And he's, I, he's I actually, I actually can't oh wait God. for that episode. I don't want to. I'm going to rip him. I'm going to rip him a new asshole, dude. So with my fucking words alone. <laughs> so another reference that supposedly points to Satanism is the line. So I called up the captain. Mm, Please mm-hmm. bring me my wine. I get it. We haven't had that spirit here since 1969. Suppose- is the year a reference? 1969 was the year the church of Satan was founded. Ah. So. The captain, according to this, is a reference to The Exorcist, where the teenager communicates through a Ouija board with someone she calls Captain Howdy. Also, though... Ouija boards are made by Milton Bradley. Yeah. I was going to say that, that too, <laughs> but uh, um, it's starting to sound more... I mean, honestly, it could have just been like 1969 sounded real good. Does you know? it rhyme with it wine? Does. It yeah. rhymes and... <laughs> 69. And it, <laughs> it, well, and also like... When was this written? The 70s. Early the 70s. Mid-70s. So, like, they couldn't go 79. They could have gone 59, but it doesn't have the, quite the same ring mm-hmm. as that. It 69. Doesn't. Yeah. Like, it's, an, it's an appealing number. It is. Yeah. For some reason. But It's so a mystery to all of us. We don't know why. We don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> but then the reference of please bring me my wine is in reference to the communion wine where Jesus said, this is my blood. And then saying we haven't had that spirit here, meaning we haven't had Jesus here since 1969. This isn't even a this is like a music appreciation class, and I am here for it. <laughs> this is awesome for real. So this is my favorite thing. So um, yeah, so the Church of Satan was established in 1969 in California, and basically its tenets were hedonism, living to the hilt, disregard of traditional morality, and indulging fully in the senses of particularly and particularly the sensual senses. Also in the song, of uh, he says, I was thinking to myself, this could be heaven or this could be hell, is an indication of something sinister. And at the end of the song where he says, you can check out anytime you like. But you can never leave. Might as well go sick guitar soon. solo. Yeah. Yeah. I know every single person, as soon as he said, mm-hmm. you can never leave, they, everybody knows that. My, I was just going to start because my brain wanted me to start yeah. like hard. <laughs> I was fighting it. Dude, it's a, it's a deep seated thing for everyone, mm-hmm. I think, at this point. Um. So, as it is known that if you sell your soul to Satan, it belongs to him forever, even if you try to redeem yourself afterwards. But the lyrics that are indisputable in the eyes of someone related to Satanism is the aforementioned, so I called it the captain line. The spirit of Jesus has left this church since the church of Satan has been established. The other point... But I thought that God was everywhere. Yeah, well. the Uh, The other theory that's not quite as intense is uh, that the back photo of the pic- of the album cover, which shows the same courtyard, uh, shows a single person, uh, a janitor, leaning on a broom in the background. The rumor is... I can't even... Uh, before I before you go on, I, I need to describe Don's facial expression while he started to say that. <laughs> Hard as I, he, like, rolled his eyes four times consecutively <laughs> leaned his head back and rolled them into it. It was, it was literally, it was like a masterpiece. Thank you. Artwork. Honestly, the rumor is that that janitor was actually a corpse that they propped up for the photo. And that that corpse was sacrificed either by the Eagles or by Don Henley for the purposes of the success of the album. Huh? It worked. <laughs> It, it, it did work. It, it did. did work. There you go. 
But but huh? Yeah. What? But shit. Who do we have to sacrifice for the for the sake of the podcast? I um Billy Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm just antagonizing him at this point. Like I'm gonna get us caught up in litigation for a joke. Like <laughs> I'm just gonna change the title of this episode from cursed songs to the litigation episode. <laughs> the, the boys get sued. Like, <laughs> Always sunny music starts playing. Yes. Oh man! So that's it. Those that's the campfires. Those are the stories of the 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 cursed music or you know so, songs that have. That's actually meaning. really interesting. I liked that. that I was- wanna I wanna throw in an extra song here. Okay. Um, so cake. Uh, the one that says cake a whole bunch of times. No, no. Oh the, no, cake the band. Cake, cake the band. Yeah. Famous for you know short skirt, long jacket. Mm-hmm. He's um, going, going the, the distance. distance. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I don't think cake will sue it. I think cake is pretty Cake's cool. Pretty cool. Um, so they have a song called "Long Line of Cars," and there is also an entire theory that I saw on some Reddit forum years and years ago about how this entire song is about. Um, uh, lines of people waiting to get into heaven or hell, and it's all just as reaching as it as it is for they usually are. for the Eagles song. Um, it's like this long line of cars is trying to get through, and this long line of cars is all because of you. You don't wonder where you're going or remember where you've been. We've got to keep this traffic flowing and accept a little spin. But in the song, it sounds like he says, "Keep this traffic flowing and accept a little sin." Okay. Mm-hmm. So that got some crackpot redditor on this whole thing and he's like it actually talks about two lines of cars where it's people who were waiting to get into heaven and some who were waiting to get into hell. <laughs> and it's it's all reaching and if you try pick pick your favorite song and go through it with the the lens of I want to prove that this is a, a satanic message and you will you will come up with some evidence in the lyrics every single time. So apparently in um, film, there's this thing called close reading for analyzing a film. And what that posits is basically what Josh just said. Take any lens that you would like and go through the film with a fine-toothed comb and pick out specific details that line up with the thing that you're trying to say. Yeah. Because you can do it with any film, any book, any TV show, anything, literally. I think our art and stuff lends itself to confirmation bias really heavily. heavily. Mm-hmm. Because the thing about art is that we were talking about it before, it is yeah. open to your interpretation in the biggest possible way. Yeah, kind so of on if, purpose. If so you, if you pick a song and you're like, oh, this... This has to do with Satan. Well, that's your interpretation of it, and nobody can really, really argue with you all that much about it unless the original artist comes out and, you know, gives a whole big, you know, this is what I meant by this line relating to this one, which we actually have a lot of on Genius.com, which is cool. You know, it's a you, good you resource. Can see, yeah, it's yeah. a great resource. I'm trying to find there's supposedly a backwards message. In Hotel California, but oh, of course, yeah, but I can't find it at the moment. Um, ICP had a bunch of backwards messages in their songs. Yeah, ICP. That's and yeah. they they were about uh, loving God. Yeah, and Jesus. Weirdo Yankovic had backwards messages. Oh, of course he did. I'm uh, sure he did. Well, one because... of them was Satan eats. Ch- Satan loves cheese. Was oh nice. And the other one is you must have a lot of free time on your hands. 
Oh, that's so good. <laughs> oh, I love Weird Al Yankovic so much. What's that look for? Is it the Is is it because I look like Weird Al Yankovic? Yeah, no, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> I think it's the here's to my sweet Satan. No, one. that's that's Leds Up. That's Stairway oh, to that's, Heaven. That's yeah. the other one. So yeah, everybody. That is the campfire stories this week. Next time I'm not exactly sure what the next episode's gonna be. I got I'm some not ideas sure on either. It's gonna be great though. Yeah. I can promise be, you that. It's gonna be awesome. I'm thinking about talking about cemeteries. Especially Ooh, the Highgate hmm. Cemetery Vampire. Okay. So The Vampire? The Vampire. The Vampire. Yes, indeed. So. Also, somehow I landed on Transylvanian for the Hungarian accent. <laughs> One more time. One more time. He had to get it out there. J- just in case so let's Hungarian see, who, was who still all, listening. Who all did we offend this week? Hungarians? We got Hungarians. As many people uh, as possible. Italians? Czech. Um, we got... Um, the Jewish people. Yeah, uh, you you compared uh, Hungarian singing to Japanese singing, so there throw throw the Japanese you know, in there. Japanese. Uh, Don Henley. Don Henley. Um, oh the yeah. The ghost of Glenn Fry. Um, Billy Mitchell. Billy Mitchell. Billy Mitchell. Fuck that guy. I can't yeah. wait. Um, Look forward to good. hearing from your uh, lawyer. Yeah, I think we're good. That's that's eight people. So um, <sighs> send all lawsuits to Ruben. My name is spelled R O B E N. Ruben. WXG432. <laughs> P.O. Box, fuck your mom at California.com. <laughs> That's not how P.O. Boxes work, but you actually, you just generated a great uh, uh, high security password. There you sure go. Did. <laughs> I, I don't remember what I said, but you guys can have that one for free. There you go. So, on that note, I am Don. I'm, you know, I'm a guy. And I'm not Weird Al Yankovic. There you go. <laughs> as often as I may get mistaken for Weird Al Yankovic, it's just the curly hair. It is. Mm. The curly it's just hair. the curly hair. And some of the facial features you make. If you go back and look at some of the spam up pictures, you smile like he does. So you know yeah. what? I I don't even care. Pe- people try and say it as an insult, like when I when I get in arguments on Facebook all the time. But you know what? I don't even care because I think Weird Al Yankovic is a sexy man. He's pretty right. handsome. I'm not gonna lie. Okay. I was compared to Ken Bone. Do well, you know? oh, I remember that. Yes. Uh. <laughs> that is why my happy ass is trying to look as Duck Dynasty as possible now. Because <laughs> get... that's better. Well, somehow. <laughs> it's oh. not better, but it's not Ken Bone. Okay. I don't know, man. Ken Bone took over the internet for a hot minute. Everybody was like, fuck yeah, yeah Ken true, Bone. Yeah. And now he's in that damn game. The what do you, what, raw, what unbridled do you mean? sex or what appeal you mean? of Ken Bone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ken Bone can bone. Yeah. Huh? Welcome to you the Bone. You're goddamn zone. right. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.